Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is really lame. I shot Allison an irritated look. She seemed to ignore it as she stared past me at the signs plastered around the ticket booth for the Jefferson Farm corn maze. My sister was always a naysayer when it came to stuff like this, but her comment was still tactless, even for her. It was Jenny's idea after all, the first suggestion or sign of enthusiasm she'd shown since she'd come to live with us a month earlier. If Allison kept shitting on her idea, she might retreat back to her shell for good this time. Turning to Jenny, I smiled. You have to forgive Allison. She was born with a handicap, you understand. It's called being a fucking bitch. Jenny's eyes twinkled with surprise and merriment as she looked up at me, and she let out a light laugh when Allison punched me in the arm. No, I get it, Jenny said more seriously. They might be kind of lame, but it looked fun on the internet, and I thought we could have a good time. Get into the Halloween spirit a bit? Allison interrupted her. You're right. It'll probably be fun. She looked around with a sigh. Sorry. I'm not trying to be a downer. Tell you what. You two get our tickets and I'll get us drinks. I followed her gaze and saw a large food truck set up serving soft drinks and beers while another nearby truck sold funnel cakes and popcorn. She was eyeing the guy selling beers with interest and I had to concede that he looked just greasy enough to be her type. Shrugging, I gave her a nod and turned with Jenny toward the ticket line. I'd never known our cousin Jenny very well. She was the only child of our mother's brother and they lived on the other side of the state from us, though it wasn't so far a distance that it explained how rarely we saw them. The truth was that her family had always been fairly isolated. They'd come around at Christmas time or Thanksgiving, maybe once every three or four years, but even then they didn't talk a lot or stay very long. They were never rude or weird acting, just kind of quiet. Uncomfortable looking, or like they felt like kind of out of the loop because they weren't around more. I felt a bit sorry for them growing up, but I still always enjoyed their visits because of Jenny. Jenny was a lot more outgoing than her parents, and even though she was a girl, I always clicked with her a lot more than Allison did. Maybe it was because Allison was older... She was worried about what she was going to do when she graduated college next spring while me and Jenny were just getting into our last year of high school, or maybe it was just that their personalities didn't mesh well. Either way, over the years I'd been guilty more than once of wishing that I could swap out Allison for Jenny on a permanent basis. Jenny poked me in the side. Do you want to do any of the other stuff or just the main corn maze? We were getting close to the front of the line, and her question prompted me to look at the menu of options hanging above the ticket booth window. There was the corn maze, a smaller, haunted corn maze, and a hayride. I weighed the money as well as Allison's patience in my head. 
Uh, it's already past nine, and the corn maze looks huge. You cool just doing that? I imagine it'll take a while. I left off the rest of my thought that Jenny didn't need to be exposed to whatever fake blood and violence would be waiting for us in the haunted maze. She seemed to consider it for a moment before nodding. Yeah, that sounds good. I bet we'll be in the corn maze for a long time anyway. The night we found out Jenny was coming to live with us was a Saturday just like this one. I'd planned on staying in and watching TV that night, and Allison was home for the weekend to see some guy she was dating. Or at least, one of the guys she was dating. <laughs> While we hadn't talked about it directly, I had the distinct impression that she had a boyfriend at college, too, and that most likely neither guy knew about the other. Not that I cared. If someone was dumb enough to date her in the first place, I had very little sympathy to spare. I remember our parents coming home from shopping and being strangely quiet. They called us into the kitchen, our mother looking like she was in shock, her eyes red but not teary, our father rubbing her back with one hand while distractedly pulling at his mustache with the other. After a few moments of tense silence, our father started to explain. There had been some kind of accident at Jenny's house. Home invasion, probably, though. No one could say for sure. All that was certain was that she'd come home the night before from a football game to find that her parents were both gone and that there was blood all over the living room. At this point, our father had made a point of explaining that Jenny had two friends with her when she discovered they were gone and that she'd been at the football game for hours before that. As though, we needed some reassurance that she wasn't the one who had hurt her own parents. I felt mildly irritated and offended by the suggestion. Jenny was one of the nicest and gentlest people I'd ever known, and even in my limited time with her over the years, I knew she loved her parents very much. The idea of her hurting them or somehow being tied into their disappearance, well, it's just absurd. Still, I pushed down my frustration at my father's delivery of the terrible news and tried to listen. So far, there was no sign of them. Their phones, cars, wallets, keys, all those things had been left behind. After a few hours of investigation and child services determining she was going to have to be placed with a relative because she was still 17, our parents had gotten the call. Until her parents were found alive, however unlikely that may be, or she turned 18, she needed a place to stay. And we were her only relatives. For not the first time, I felt a thrill of excitement at the idea of having Jenny around. I'd always wanted to be closer with my big sister, but we were very different from each other, and as we'd gotten older, those differences seemed to multiply. I loved Allison, but I didn't think I liked her that much, and I certainly couldn't say we were very good friends. Jenny, on the other hand, was awesome. We had similar interests, and she didn't respond to everything with sarcasm or like she was defending against some kind of attack. Just the opposite. She was calm, laid back, with an enthusiasm and sweetness that made you feel better just being around her. By the time Allison got back with our drinks, I was over my earlier anger and back to having a good time. Allison seemed to be in a better mood too, leading us to the long line to get into the corn maze without any of her 
usual eye-rolling or complaints. Jenny handed out small maps to each of us. Looking at the small square of paper, I saw with surprise it was a rough drawing of the corn maze itself. I held it up to Jenny. Isn't this kind of cheating? She grinned. Eh, not really. It helps some, but once you're in there, everything looks the same. I usually find the map messes me up more than it helps, but we've got it if we want to use it at least. Allison was studying it when she asked. So you've done these mazes before? Jenny nodded. Yeah, me and my my family used to do them almost every year. Tradition, I guess. Her expression grew sad for a moment before brightening again. But the maze is different every year, even if you come back to the same place. The only advantage I have is some experience. Allison raised an eyebrow at her. Corn maze experience? Is that a thing? Our cousin grinned and gave a shrug as we moved up the line. It's more useful than you might think. There were a surprising number of people at the Jefferson Farm corn maze. Kids strung out on sugar, running to get on the hayride as they were chased by their beleaguered parents. Clusters of squealing teenagers running around in the haunted maze to the repetitive whining roar of chainless chainsaw. And in our own line, a mixture of young and old waiting for their turn to enter the giant corn maze. As far as we could tell, they were letting in groups of four or five people every couple of minutes. I guess the idea was that you would get a fairly even number of people coming and going from the maze by staggering people's entry. While this may have worked wonders for the isolated ambience inside the maze itself, on the outside it kind of sucked. We edged our way forward, but after 40 minutes we still hadn't made it to the front of the line. Jenny had actually made a supply run at the 20-minute mark, bringing us back fresh drinks and funnel cake. Then, when we were ten people from entering, a man who seemed to work there came up to the gatekeeper of the maze, telling him that it was time to cut off the line for the night. The gatekeeper, a boy who looked only a couple of years older than me, cupped his hands around his mouth and yelled to the line of 70 or 80 people in that maze that it was going to have to be closed to new entries after three or more groups. If someone was further back in the line than that, they could go to the ticket booth to get a new ticket for any other night in October. I understood the logic. The maze had to close sometime after all, but I still found myself anxiously wondering if we would make the cut. I knew it meant a lot to Jenny, and the odds of wrangling Allison to come out a second time this month were slim to none. To my relief, the gatekeeper walked past us and cut off the line right behind where we were standing. A few of the people muttered as they shuffled off, but then we were being ushered into the maze as one big final group and the noises and lights of the outside world faded away between the rows of corn that surrounded us on every side. The corn maze felt eerily separate from the place we had just left. The corn dampened sound and light, and with no lights... Set up within the maze itself, everything had a fuzzy, blue-black quality to it. The half-moon overhead and the ambient light from the rest of the attractions and booths provided just enough illumination to make out the dearth path as we walked forward, a faintly visible ribbon of dirt that wound and crisscrossed the further we went into the maze. We had no flashlights, 
but instead took turns using our phone's flashlight setting to provide some additional light. In some ways, it only made things more disorienting. The small circle of bright white light would make its best feeble effort to cut through the murk, but it also made the surrounding dark seem that much darker. After a few minutes, we gave up on our lights unless we were checking the map for some sign of where we actually were. The thing with the corn maze is that, like Jenny had said, everything looks the same. You're surrounded by 12-foot-high stalks on every side, so tightly planted that you can't see more than a foot into the rows, much less the path that is 10 feet away on the other side. The corn all looks the same. You try to find distinct curves or intersections, things that are unique enough that you can find their twin on the map and get a bead on your location. And then you realize that the map is not entirely accurate and that there are several places on it that could be your special spot. So do you pick one and try to use the map? You can, but that only works if you know where you're starting from. Do you ignore the map and just keep going? It's an option, but it's also a good way to wander for hours. We'd been in there for over 30 minutes, with no real discernible progress toward the exit when Jenny asked a question. I wonder if you could stay in here after they're closed for the night. At first, I misunderstood what she meant. I thought she was worried we might get stuck in here overnight, and I was quick to assure her that we could always push through the corn, or bearing that, yell until someone found us, as they undoubtedly would have people checking for stragglers before calling it a night. But Jenny shook her head. No, I mean, if we wanted to stay after it was closed, just to explore and say we did it, could we get away with it? I'd expected Allison to have some smart comment at the suggestion, but she surprised me by showing interest. You know, I bet we could. Even if they send people through to get people out that are lost or don't want to leave, they can't find everybody. Particularly if you don't want to be found. If we hid in the corn deep enough and stayed quiet, I bet they'd never even know. Then we could do what we wanted and leave when we got ready. I hated to be the wet blanket, but the idea sounded really boring and dumb to me. Plus, if I'm being honest, I'm not much for breaking the rules, aside from any far-flung fears of the police being called if we were found lingering after hours or they noticed our car had never left the lot. Just the embarrassment of being yelled at or escorted off the farm by the staff made my stomach squirm. Still... I didn't want to appear uncool or unfun, so I tried to look casual as I shrugged. Even if we could, what would be the point? We got in here after 10 and it's close to 11 now. You have to figure out that they're going to let people stay until at least 11.30 or 12, right? Otherwise, people would get pissed for not getting long in the maze. So we're talking about killing time for an hour or more, and then hiding in the corn for, what, another hour? Just so we can walk around the same maze we can walk around now? I saw Jenny's disappointed expression and tried to soften my words. I mean... We can, if you want. I just 
don't know that we'll have fun. I could hear the insincerity in my voice and hoped I was the only one. You suck. I bet you graduated first at the academy. Allison was frowning at me. I raised an eyebrow. Academy? She gave me a toothy smile. The fun police academy, you little bitch. She turned to Jenny. Ignore him. He's all butthurt if he doesn't return a library book on time. Plus, he checks out library books, so his vote doesn't count. And if you're down, I'm down. I felt anger and embarrassment tightening in my chest, but I couldn't think of any reply that would make me look worse. Besides, Jenny was already nodding excitedly and looking back to me. You cool with it, Kyle? I smiled weakly. Yeah, sure. I'm probably wrong, and it'll be really fun. However, I couldn't help but add, and if we get bored, we can always change our minds. We started back walking through the maze, and occasionally I could see a glimpse of flashlight through the rows, or hear someone talking or laughing in some distance away, but we didn't run into anyone else despite the massive amount of people that had been let in before us. At 11, an announcement went over a hidden set of speakers somewhere. The corn maze is now closed. Please exit the maze immediately. Thank you for coming. If you can't find your way out, yell and we'll come find you. Allison poked me in the ribs and waggled her eyebrows. See, scaredy cat? Not so long a wait after all. Glancing back at Jenny, she grinned. Let's find a good hiding spot. We walked for a couple of more minutes before finding a secluded corner that seemed to be especially dense with corn stalks. One concern was that if you went in deep on one side, you may be visible on the other side if a different part of the maze cut too close to your hiding spot. But it seemed we'd made it to one of the other edges of the map, and as we slowly treaded our way into the corn there were no signs of another path coming into view. Instead, there was just an increasing darkness and the claustrophobic feel of stalks pressing in on you from all sides as a dry, leafy smell filled your nose and coated your tongue. Jenny was holding my hand as we went to the corn, and I felt sure she could tell my own was sweating. But she never said anything, and as we settled into a spot to wait out anyone searching the maze, she gave my hand a squeeze. Thanks for doing this, Kyle. It means a lot to me. I could barely make her out in the dark, but I smiled at her words anyway, squeezing her hand back. Sure thing. It's kind of cool. In truth, I could barely breathe in that place, my chest feeling like it was surrounded by a slowly tightening belt as the minutes crawled by. I checked my phone and saw that 20 minutes had passed. Speaking to where I thought Allison was next to me, I let out a dry croak. We good? No sign of anyone. Yeah, let's get back out. Just be quiet, though. I started back the way we'd come. The way I thought we had come, at least. But I didn't see any break in the corn ahead of us. If anything, it seemed to get darker. After a few more feet, I knew why. There's a wall here. What? Allison was coming up behind me, and I could hear the irritation in her voice. Fuck, do you mean a wall? She reached past me and put her hand against the brick wall. 
I heard her let out a breath, and suddenly her cell phone's light was on, illuminating a gray brick wall buried among the corn and going up at least ten feet. As she panned the light from side to side, we could see that the wall stretched onto our left and right as far as the light would reach. What? I... I don't understand. We would have seen this, right? We would have seen a giant brick wall when we pulled into the parking lot. I think there's more corn on the other side. We both looked at Jenna as she spoke, her eyes wide. It's the only thing that makes sense. There must have more corn growing outside the wall, so from the ground it looks like just corn. When really the maze has walls on it. She bit her lip as she looked up at it. I don't know. Maybe it's so they can control how many people come and go? Keep people from sneaking in without paying, I guess? I nodded, trying to speak with a confidence I didn't feel. Yeah, I bet that's it. It makes sense that they want to keep people out that don't pay for a ticket. And it did make a certain amount of sense, even if something in my core said it was a lie. Either way, we know a direction that isn't blocked. So let's head that way and find our way out. I didn't know if that last part was true either, as I had thought we were heading in the right direction before when we'd hit a wall. Still, I turned left and stayed with the wall for a few feet before veering away in a direction I hoped would lead us back to a path. This time it did, and I found myself taking in burning lungfuls of the cold night air once I wasn't surrounded by the corn anymore. Jenny patted my back and I smiled at her. It's okay. Just glad to be out of the corn. Looking around, I frowned. But I don't think I have any idea where we are. Allison took the map from me and started alternating between studying it and looking at the path we were on, trying to discern some unique feature that would tell us what this path actually was. She stopped when the stillness of the night was pierced by the high-pitched squeal of a pig. We all looked at each other with anxious expressions. They called this place a farm, but it was an attraction, not a real working farm with livestock. Why would there be a pig out here? I was about to ask that very question when the music began. Strange, discordant music that would occasionally be punctuated by another cry from a pig or some other creature and underneath it all we could hear the low, throaty thrum of some kind of singing. I looked up at the inky sky as though it would help me place where the sound was coming from. I couldn't tell much, but it was somewhere close by. Somewhere in the maze, if I had to guess. Now I did speak, my voice barely a whisper, and my own fear reflected in their faces as they looked at me. We're not alone in here. After a moment of conversation, we decided to head straight in the direction we thought would put us out somewhere between the entrance to the maze and the parking lot. We started moving, ignoring the path and just quietly pushing our way through the corn stalks of the maze while trying to stay oriented toward our goal. We were relying on our sense of direction and the brick wall to our right, our theory being that the wall was likely fairly straight, and if we kept on our rights, we shouldn't get turned around. 
Music and the pig cries didn't lessen as we moved. If anything, they got louder. But I wasn't sure if it was because we were moving closer to the source. It was almost like the air itself, or maybe the corn, was suffused with the sounds. And the longer we walked, the more I felt that the animal squeals were digging into my brain and the eerie rhythms of the music and singing were worming into my bones. And then we hit another wall. Fuck, Allison said in a loud whisper. She turned to me and I could see how upset she was getting. I wanted to hug her, but instead I tried to calm her down. It's okay. Let's turn left. The wall has to end because this is the side we entered on. There has to be a break somewhere, right? Allison and Jenny nodded and we went on. Between our intermittent walks through the deeper corn and my steadily rising panic, I was finding it harder and harder to breathe. Maybe that's why I didn't hear the footsteps behind us. I felt a hand close tightly on the back of my shirt as Allison whispered in my ear. There's something behind us. I heard them a minute ago, but I couldn't see anything. Then when we left that last patch of corn, I know I heard someone else move the stalks after we were all out. My heart leapt, but I forced myself to keep walking. Jenny was holding my hand again, but she was on the opposite side of where Allison was talking, so I didn't know if she had heard what my sister had said. I gave Jenny's hand a squeeze to get her attention and spoke in a slightly louder whisper than Allison's. There's someone behind us. We need to run. Allison, hold my hand and we all stay together. We need to see a break in the wall. We turn and head for the parking lot. Allison took my other hand as I strained my ears for sounds from behind us. I couldn't be sure, but I thought I could barely make out the rustle of heavy foot stepping on one of the dead corn leaves that littered the floor of our current path. Squeezing both of their hands, I whispered, One, two, three. Go, and we took off running. Allison was faster than either myself or Jenny, but she slowed her pace as she realized she was going to pull too far ahead to hold my hand. I kept looking to my right, waiting for some sign of light in the world beyond the corn, but all I saw was darkness. It seemed impossible. The maze was big, but it wasn't that big. We were moving at a good rate of speed and had already been walking in this direction for several minutes before we broke into a run. The sounds of music and animals had receded for a time, but they returned now and seemed to come from everywhere. I began looking in every direction, desperate for some sign of escape, some indication that we were finally out of the maze. And then I saw light ahead of us. Almost crying with relief, I surged ahead, pulling Allison and Jenny along with me. We stumbled out into a large open circle somewhere deep within the maze. There were tall torches spaced around the perimeter, and in the center was a small group of people wearing robes and carved wooden masks. Some of them were singing while others played odd instruments, but as we broke through the corn, two of them stopped and looked at us for a moment. I was so shocked by what I was seeing that it took me a moment to register that Jenny had pulled free of my hand and run to the staring couple. When they removed their masks, 
I understood both less and more. It was Jenny's parents. She was hugging them and talking excitedly. And though their conversation was in hushed tones, that didn't carry over the sound of the music and singing. I heard a new squeal and realized that there were massive looming shadows back behind the people. Suddenly the music and singing stopped and the crowd parted for the shadows to step forward. There were boars. Four massive black boars that all sported sharp yellow tusks that they swiped at the air as they trotted forward into the center of the clearing. Their eyes seemed to gleam red in the firelights and I felt my bowels loosening as they stared at us with their small evil glares. Not knowing what else to do, I looked at Jenny who was absently patting one of the boars as she smiled up at her mother. Jenny, what is all this? She looked at me, her face hardening. This is what's necessary, Kyle. I know you feel scared and betrayed, but we don't have a choice in this. I shook my head, bewildered. What? Who is we? What are you talking about? She sighed and gestured at the group of people gathered around them. This is my real family. My parents and I are part of a very special group. I guess you could call it a religion, though that's not really right. But the patrons of our way of life, of our power and knowledge, they're losing a... She smiled ruefully and shook her head as her mother patted her shoulder. No. They've lost a battle against a stronger foe. There's a new king of hell and we must pledge our alliance to him before it's too late. One of the other people stepped forward and pulled off their mask, revealing the plump, dark-skinned face of a woman that looked like an elementary school teacher or a librarian. That is blasphemy. The internal order will be restored. I've tried to hold my tongue, but we should not be throwing our lot with that thing, even if it would let us. Jenny's father gestured and one of the other masked figures punched the woman in the stomach hard enough that she doubled over under the dirt. Beatrice, I told you before, you're either on board or you're meat. I guess you've made your choice. He stroked Jenny's hair and in a softer tone. Honey, it's time to prepare the vessels. Jenny nodded and took up a large bowl that was sitting nearby on the ground. As if on cue, the boars all simultaneously knelt down as she began to dip her hands into the bowl and pull out a white paste of some kind. One by one, she painted symbols on the large, wide foreheads of the beast as her mother intoned some kind of prayer. Great hunter, new king of hell, we beseech you to take this offering in your name. Take these creatures as your vessels. Use them for your ends and make their hunt your hunt. Their kills your kills. And know by the blood and the fear and the life that is consumed that we pledge to serve you as we served the infernal court in times past. This we pledge. With that, she turned and pointed at Beatrice. You are not a part of this. You are now a part of them. The meat, the prey. As one... The boars turned and regarded her briefly with the same hatred they had previously reserved for Allison and me. You're all fucking crazy. Allison had let go of my hand and took a step forward before a warning snort from the closest boar made her retreat. 
pointed her finger at Jenny. You fucking bitch. We took you in. Kyle has done everything to make you feel better. And what? It's all a trick? A trap? Because you're all part of some satanic cult or some bullshit? Jenny smiled at her thinly and then waggled her hand. Eh, technically, we're not satanic, but potato, tomato. Pretty much, yeah. But you should be saving your breath, you know, for the running and screaming. Allison stepped forward again, and I saw she had a small can in her hand. Pepper spray. I'm way ahead of you, cunt. She hit the button and quickly fanned it back and forth to the faces of the four boars. The maze echoed with their angry screams of pain as Allison spun back to me and grabbed my arm. Go! We plunged back into the corn, my sister's speed and strength causing her to nearly drag me along as we went off into a new direction from the way we started. There was no time to breathe or spare or for talking and planning. I was just trying not to slow her down as my lungs burned and my heart thudded in my ears. Almost like the end of a terrible dream, I thought I could make out electric lights ahead. The ticket booth. I never saw the thing that tripped me. One moment I was up, still running and keeping decent pace with Allison, and the next moment I was covered in dirt and gasping to reclaim the breath that had been knocked out of me. She stopped immediately and came back to pick me up. That was all the time the boars needed. A black blur swept by and drove her off her feet. She landed ten feet further away, having actually skidded out of the edge of the corn and bumped against a trash can filled with the remains of that night's crowd. I crawled forward and got to my feet, intent on helping her, but as I moved past the last of the corn, two of the boars bore down on her again, impaling her leg and her side with their now bloody tusks. I screamed and went to attack them, to stop them from hurting her more when I heard Allison's voice. Go. Run. Now. Take them. I saw she was pointing with a twisted hand where her pepper spray had fallen. It was attached to her car keys. I picked them up, planning on using the spray against the boars again, but a third was on her way now too, all of them stomping and cutting and biting as they tore her apart. It was too late. Or at least that's what I told myself as I looked on in terror. So I ran. Tears streaming down my face, I passed the ticket booth and the gate before turning to head into the parking lot. The boars didn't follow. And though I could barely see through my sobbing, I managed to find the car easily in the mostly empty lot. I got in and was cranking up when I heard a knock at my window. I jumped and looked out to see Jenny smiling at me. We got our two sacrifices, so the boars aren't coming after you. I'm glad that Beatrice decided to pipe up. I didn't want you to be taken tonight. She looked slightly sad. I really did always like you best, Kyle. I didn't want to roll down the window, so I just yelled through the glass. I'm going to fucking kill you. She said something else, but I was already slamming the car into reverse with the intention of running her over. I stopped to put it in drive, and when I looked up, she was gone. I told my parents and the police what happened, but no evidence has been found. No suspects have been arrested, 
The cornfield has been abandoned and Jenny has joined her parents as missing persons. I know that no one believes me. At least not the more fantastic parts of what happened. My parents think they were part of some kind of crazy cult and that I either imagined or exaggerated the boars on the walls and the rest. Can't say I blame them. When they checked the cornfield, they didn't find any walls or signs of animals out there. But I know what happened to me. What happened to my sister. And I know it's not over. Because I remember the last thing that Jenny said as I tried to run her down for killing Allison, for betraying all of us. See you next October. Hey everyone, I hope you enjoyed this story tonight. I definitely read it before on the channel. I think I do it every year, almost as a tradition at this point. It's definitely one of my favorite no-sleep horror stories, especially Halloween stories. There's something particularly scary about corn mazes for me. I don't like the feeling of being lost, being confined, not being in control. So corn mazes really freak me out. I've never been in one and I don't plan on going in one. Even though my state does boast one of the largest corn mazes in America. Um, I will not be participating. <laughs> Have you ever done a corn maze? And did you like it? Or are you afraid of it as well? Just like I am. Let me know in the comment section down below. And I want to also give a quick thank you to everyone on screen right now. These are our $5 patrons and members. You can get a shout out at the end of videos as well if you decide to become a $5 patron or member. I'll also get you videos a day in advance. You can do all that. All the links are down in the description below. Uh, we only have one more video until Halloween and then on Monday the 31st. That will be our best of for October. So, unfortunately, nothing super duper special this year. Just haven't really had the time to do it. So, it's just going to be a regular compilation of my favorite stories that I've narrated this month. Uh, and one big video for y'all. I hope that'll be good for you. It works for me. So, <laughs> we'll see. Thanks again everyone for listening. I hope you have an amazing day, afternoon, or evening wherever you are. And I'll see you on Friday with a new video. Good night, everyone. Take care.